Welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and I'm so excited that you're joining us today. We are going to have a fascinating conversation, as usual, as we learn from people all around the world at all ages and stages of life. Stay tuned as we shift our dementia care from crisis to comfort. Here we go. What you think about, you will bring about. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to Alzheimer Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and I'm thrilled you can join us today. We're going to be talking about the connection between dementia and uh, stem cell therapy. Can it really help? What does it do? Um, and we've got our expert today, uh, Dr. Joy Kong, with us, and I'm going to introduce her in just a moment. But we're always getting new listeners, and so for those of you that are new to our show, Alzheimer Speaks is about sound information, not just sound bites. Our goal is to raise all voices, big and small, around the world, from those diagnosed to those that care and serve them, to advocates, researchers, and so much more. Now, today we are a live show, and so you can call in if you'd like at 323-870-4602, We just ask that you kind of stay topic specific with us if you've got a question and um, of course that you are respectful and you know we've been doing this since uh, 2011 and we just haven't had a problem with that it's uh, it's fun to hear what people have to say and the, and the questions that arise and usually if you're thinking of it someone else is as well so know that uh, we're here to answer your questions if we can so 323-870-4602 now, uh, Alzheimer's Speaks has uh, updated its website, and please check that out. We've made it really simple to find all of our free resources. Um, there's one page that holds them all, so you can find out about radio shows, you know, our past archives to dementia chats where we facilitate conversations with people living with uh, the disease uh, to uh, people um uh, wanting to open up memory cafes or maybe uh, becoming dementia friendly, you can access Dementia Map, which is your roadmap to care. Um, we've got Dementia in the Arts, uh, free tools and products, a poetry section, um, and so much more. So please feel free to check that out. You are also going to want to check out Saltbox TV if you haven't heard of them. It's a wonderful free online streaming platform that was designed specifically for seniors. They have um, some of their, their own curated programs along with lots of educational stuff plus old TV shows and, and uh, movies, et cetera. So check out Saltbox TV. And if you're interested in a support group, I do offer a couple. One is Arthur's Memory Cafe which we do virtually on the second and fourth Wednesday at 1 p.m. Uh, Central. So that would be 2 o'clock Eastern Time, uh, noon Mountain Time, and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. And uh, also the Caregiver Connect group meets the fourth Wednesday of the month 
and that is at 10 a.m. And that meets at Shoreview Community Center here in Minnesota. And we also offer respite care so you can bring your loved one uh, there too. Just uh, email me at radio at Alzheimer's Speaks and I'll get you that information. And then coming up, Artist Senior Living is um, sponsoring a program I'm doing on September 20th from 6.30 to 7.30 Eastern Time. That's going to focus on the realities of dementia. And it's all going to really be about family-friendly tips and tools. So uh, please feel free to join us there. And if you're in Minnesota, I'm going to be doing a screening with the Minnetonka Dementia Friendly um, Group October 31st. And that is going to be a screening of A Timeless Love, which is really a, such a powerful, powerful film. We are going to hear from the Adaptive uh, um, adaptive Equipment and Caregiving Corner, and then we'll be right back to introduce you to our guests and get into this discussion about stem cell therapy. I love the footbar walker, and let me tell you why. It is the option for my toolbox that I've been waiting for. Let's be honest. There are some clients who, despite our best rehab efforts, just aren't able to return to performing a sit-to-stand transfer on their own. Now I can offer my caregivers an easier, safer option that doesn't involve hoisting their loved one up from a sitting position. I don't recommend this walker for all of my clients, but I do recommend this walker for those caregivers looking for an easier, safer option with transfers. I would also encourage other therapists to add this walker to their toolbox. It's kind of like having my own mobile parallel bars for the client to pull up on. Whether it's a family caregiver at home helping a loved one with Parkinson's or dementia, CNAs in a long-term care facility assisting their patients, or therapists adapting to client and caregiver-specific needs, we now have a very safe and effective option to offer in the Footbar Walker. Check this product out at thefootbarwalker.com. That's it for today from Adaptive Equipment and Caregiving Corner. Have a great day, and don't forget, if you can't do it, adapt it. Well, we are back, and it's time to introduce you to Dr. Joy Kong, who is a triple board certified physician in the fields of psychiatry, addiction medicine, and anti-aging and regenerative medicine. She was named Top Doctor of the Year in Stem Cell Therapy in 2019. Um, also named Empowered Woman of the Year in uh, 2019, and Stem Cell Doctor of the Decade in 2021. And she's also written a memoir, uh, Tiger of Beijing, that was named Book of the Year in 2020. So this is one, one busy, busy lady, and I can't wait to have a conversation with her. She is also the founder of Uplift Longevity Center, which is located in California, where she really focuses her efforts on preventative aging as well as chronic disease that no one has really been able to heal. Uh, Dr. Kong believes in complete healing um, and that that can only come from looking at the whole person, you know, body, mind, and soul. And this has really allowed her to address the root cause um, of many health issues and help lead her, her patients to a fuller and more vibrant life. Well, welcome, Dr. Kong. I'm so excited to have you with us today. Thank you so much, Laurie. I'm really happy to be here. I think you're doing some uh, incredible, you know, immediate work 
and um, really appreciate the opportunity. Well, you know, I have a family history. My mom lived with dementia for 30 years, and uh, I I didn't see myself in this space at all. I was very content in residential real estate, but sometimes things <laughs> just knock at your door or kind of blow your house over, and uh, it just changes your perspective. And and uh, things land. So given that, I, I'm wondering, have you been personally touched at all in your family or circle of friends uh, by dementia? Not my family, not not so much. Of course, you know, my grandma at much older age, you know, in her, um, you know, late 80s, uh, there's dementia going on. Um, but, but definitely I've, um, um, just in my clinical practice, have dealt a lot with dementia patients, and I worked at the VA for four years, and uh, we actually have a geriatric ward. Um, you know, there are a lot of dementia patients. So, you know, a, a funny story, when I was there, um, the attending is a neuropsychiatry um, physician. So I was, <clears throat> you know, very excited about excuse me, all the, um, you know, all, all the the science behind uh, brain care. And he was super excited about the the direction of uh, Alzheimer's treatment. And he was telling me that, uh, Joy, you know, this is about 2006, that in, in, in 10 years we'll have a cure on Alzheimer's because the government has put in $10 billion and we're going to get a cure. So, um, and so he was going to conferences every year, you know, waiting for that cure. And it just, uh, it, that just shows you how wrongly, you know, wrong, like, you know, like we are targeting, you know, the wrong targets um, when the search for a cure. I think Alzheimer's is a lot more complex uh, than what people anticipated. I think we're still trying to understand the etiology, um, the metabolic issues. It's a huge component, inflammation, brain, you know, neuroinflammation, all the amyloid, you know, the plaques. That may very much just be a marker of the downstream, you know, effect of um, of the real root causes. So, and then there are people who believe that uh, there's viral origin in, you know, in triggering uh, Alzheimer's or a lot of other diseases. So I think we're still still trying to figure out very much, you know, in the beginning. But we do understand some mechanism, uh, mechanisms of how Alzheimer's um, happens, which is why that um, some of the therapies can be helpful, including stem cell therapy. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think there's, you know, I always refer to this as a baby disease. It's been around 100 years, but you know, in terms of life lived, that's the very minute number. <laughs> and there's so much to learn in so many different variables in terms of dementia that are cropping up all the time. Uh, it, it's It's been really, really interesting to watch the research. And, and, and also really frustrating when people are saying, oh, you know, five years, five years, five years, it'll be here in five years. And we don't seem to be a whole lot closer. Um, you know, with things at this point. Why don't we talk about stem cell therapy? What is it? And, and well, let's just start there. What the heck is it for, for our audience, if you can kind of break <laughs> it down? <laughs> yeah, so stem cell therapy is just so exciting because, you know, if we trace back where stem cells come from, that's really where we came from. You know, we all came from one single fertilized egg, and that's our first you know, the grandfather, grandmother stem cell, and that produced us. Um, that is pretty incredible statement, just thinking what might be in that one cell that, 
can produce an entire complex, uh, you know, sophisticated human being, right, or any other um, <clears throat> life on Earth. So the cells have certain intelligence that direct itself to uh, divide, uh, differentiate, involute, you know, forming 3D structures, and then, you know, somehow all these organs um, work seamlessly together. Um, so that's the kind of intelligence that we're trying to harness. And we're still in the beginning of stem cell therapy, but we are making some inroads. One of the powerful um, cell types that we're utilizing is called mesenchymal stem cells. And there are a lot of different stem cells. Um, you know, I'll just give you a quick um, overview. When the fertilized egg is trying to divide, initially, um, all these cells, a lot of these cells, especially inside the, the embryonic sac, sac the, um, the cells are all considered, um, considered pluripotent stem cells. So you can take any one of those cells and then they can grow into a full human being. And that's where embryonic stem cells, you know, that phrase came from. It's from these cells that are tremendously powerful. And that's only day five to seven of fertilization. But we don't use those these days as far as clinical utilization. You know, that's pretty much only in the research arena. Um, what we use clinically is more developed stem cells from an adult source. An adult actually includes a newborn baby. So embryologically speaking, they are an adult. They're fully formed human. So even though they're zero day old, they are still considered an adult. Um, and, and we're utilizing either the birth tissue, which is the same age as a, as a baby, or uh, from a person's own. And we're obtaining various cell types, actually, from these extractions. Um, that can include, a lot can include uh, mesenchymal stem cells. And these are the cells that usually hover around blood vessels all over your body. So anywhere you have blood supply, you will have these mesenchymal stem cells. So, you know, some uh, Dr. Kaplan who discovered them really doesn't want them to be considered to be called mesenchymal stem cells because he said they're not the quintessential stem cells. The, the, what they do is a whole medicinally, a medicinal signaling uh, property. So they're actually coordinating this regenerative um, activity in the body because they sense what's going on in the blood and they sense what's going on in the local tissue. And they, because of that, they can figure out what to secrete locally to the local tissue, including local stem cells, um, or versus trans, you know, transporting themselves, you know, squeezing into the blood vessel and swim upstream to find where the problem is. So these, it's, this is one major cell type that we're utilizing uh, in the current stem cell therapy. I'm sure 10, 20 years from now, there's going to be, you know, a whole different cell type. But right now, this is the best we have. Um, and there are also um, hematopoietic progenitor cells that are um, mostly in the bone marrow, also circulating in, in the core blood. And there's higher amounts. Um, there are other progenitor cells, immature immune cells. So you can use all these populations because as the baby develops, the cells keep dividing and differentiating, which means when they differentiate, they're gaining new function. They're also losing certain potentials that they, that, you know, instead of have, you know, being able to become cells of all three, uh, you know, layers of, uh, you know, three different um, cell types, they may only 
you know, uh, able to become, you know, one cell type. So they lose potentials, but they gain function. Um, so we can utilize a collection of these cells depending on what tissue source you're using. So that's kind of the, um, you know, the, the, the quick overview of what these stem cells are. And it's, it's, you know, it's more complex than what people think. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I remember never hearing about them until Christopher Reeves, who played Superman, you know, was in that accident and, you know, him being such an advocate for stem cell research. I, I knew nothing about it and I still know very, very little other than, you know, I'm hearing a lot more talk and a lot of different ways that stem cells are being talked about being used. And so, you know, now that it's kind of stepping into the dementia arena, I know ears are really perking up, needless to say, in, in this community. What what has – I'm going to sneeze here, and I'm sorry because I, when I sneeze, it's just kind of out of the blue, and uh, I'm not one that has control over it, so excuse me ahead of time, folks, if you hear a large sneeze. Um, anyways, um, I'm wondering with dementia, you know, you've, you've seen it for, you know, and heard about it for, you know, repairing, you know, skin cells and, and all different types of things. What what made people think that it could do something, you know, for the brain? Um, and and I'm trying, I'm putting this really, really simply um, because our audience really varies and, and I'm very simple minded as well. Um, so I'm right there with your audience. Um, but it just seems like it's such a such a big disease versus maybe you know healing a, a wrinkle or you know something on your on your skin. Um, they just seem in two totally different calibers there. So I'm wondering if you can kind of explain to us in terms of stem cells, and maybe you did, and I just didn't grasp it, um, how how it can work in such a broad fashion. Yeah, so maybe I'll go into the main mechanisms of how stem cells work. Mainly, you know, you know, I'll, I'll focus on mesenchymal stem cells, but there are other stem cell types too. And then I'll, I'll come back into Alzheimer's. So just a quick overview of what these mesenchymal stem cells can do, um, since they are kind of the, the the conductor in the symphony of regeneration, right? They're the orchestrator, um, and they have. Um, anti-inflammatory effect, hugely anti-inflammatory. So they can calm inflammation. Of course, we know aging is an inflammatory condition. Um, that's why there's a phrase of inflammation because the aging and inflammation are so tightly to, you know, tied in together. So it can calm inflammation. So if you keep it being inflamed, it's really impossible for your body to regenerate. You know, inflammation is important, but if you continue to be inflamed, then you're not going to regenerate. And then um, these stem cells can also um, have immune modulating properties. So with people who have, you know, as we grow older, there's more and more autoimmune issues. You know, our immune system is declining, uh, is, you know, getting older and, and less effective, and autoimmune diseases are, you know, becoming just, you know, there's more prevalence. Um, and a lot of the inflammation is because your body, you know, cannot uh, really change itself to a more anti-inflammatory environment. So these cells are able to shift the immune system to a more anti-inflammatory state, so modulating the immune function. And then it has antifibrotic properties, so it can break down scar tissue. I mean, I've injected uh, patients with, with like, pebrides, you know, directly into the penis, and the penis straightened right away, you know, like within a 
within a couple of weeks. I mean, it, it, it breaks down the scar tissue. It's pretty amazing treating people with COPD and uh, getting them off oxygen. I mean, I, you know, I'm getting off almost all the medications because they are the, the fibrosis is broken down. So fib- antifibrotic, very powerful, very interesting. And liver cirrhosis patients, you know, had really great success. And then um, they have angiogenic properties. So promoting the formation of new blood vessels, um, you know, low oxygen hypoxia, it's you know, low blood flow is the, you know, part of the contributing factors to a lot of chronic diseases and poor healing. So that can be very powerful. You know, you can regenerate cells, but you also need blood supply, right? You can't have cells um, without nutrient and, and uh, removing toxic uh, byproducts. And then um, these cells have direct um, uh, antimicrobial properties. Very interesting. They can secrete antimicrobial peptides directly. And they also have what's called uh, pro-apoptotic property, so pro-programmed cell death. So they promote programmed cell death in senescent cells and in cancerous cells. So these abnormal cells, they can detect, especially when the cells are younger. This is why I'm a, a big proponent of using younger cells when possible. So birth tissue cells are the youngest we can use without any ethical, you know, dilemmas. Um, they are way more potent at detecting cancer and abnormal cells and, and trigger them to go into programmed cell death. And they also, on the other hand, have anti-apoptotic properties, so against programmed cell death, because if you have certain injuries, and sometimes the injured cells will send signals to make neighboring cells go on this you know, pathway of death because of the, 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 the cascade, the molecules that trigger the cast cells are actually able to stop that kind of pathway and reverse the process so they can save cells in the in the neighborhood like when you have mechanical like crush injury or you have radiation injury you have a stroke so the cells that are you know fully damaged in the center of the tree is dead but a lot of times you end up getting a lot more damage so stem cells can go in and protect that so you can see there's like this wide range of benefits but also they can talk to local stem cells so let's say your liver you know it can talk to liver stem cells how the liver stem cells to go ahead and differentiate not necessarily that they the MSCs, the mesenchymal stem cells themselves to differentiate but they are able to tell the cells in the tissue to, to differentiate and form new cells for that tissue. Um, so these are mesenchymal stem cells. Of course, we have hematopoietic progenitor cells that can form cells um, in the whole, you know, that, that constitute our blood. Um, there are endothelial progenitor cells that can help form new, um, you know, vascular lining. There, you know, there, so every tissue, there are more specific stem cells. Um, so then I want to come back to Alzheimer's. Really, you have to look at what causes the Alzheimer's condition, right? Since we don't know exactly, we can only see what's the, you know, what, what's the outcome, you know, what may be involved. So one thing that's found is that um, there's decreased circulating uh, stem cells. Uh, the, in, like this study in particular um, is hematopoietic progenitor cells, so it's hematopoietic stem cells. The, the Alzheimer's patients have less of these stem cells circulating. And what's interesting is that we know the brain can regenerate itself, and but th- that kind of regeneration decreases with age. And one reason is because um, there's less and less circulating stem cells. Um, the the stem cells from the blood, the hematopoietic, uh, hematopoietic stem cells, can actually differentiate into 
um, neuronal and glial cells, so supporting cells. So they're actually able to become uh, neural cells, right, uh, or cells in the nervous system. Um, but there's less and less of these circulating uh, cells. But in Alzheimer's patients, there's even less comparing to people who don't have it, right, I mean, to normal brains. So um, that could be one of the potential mechanisms. If we can replace some of these really important cells that can promote neuroregeneration, then we can help the brain to regenerate, to heal. I was talking about how there's more animal studies than human studies right now, partially because it's difficult to, uh, you know, look at, you know, amyloid plaque formation, you know, in the human brain. Uh, you, know, the, you know, you have to wait until autopsy. So, but they could do animal studies where they have uh, mice models of uh, Alzheimer's disease and they were able to show by series of low-dose infusions of the umbilical cord blood cells into the mice um, with Alzheimer's-like disease, they were able to reduce the amyloid plaque uh, presence by 62%. And then there's another marker called cerebral amyloid angiopathy, so this, uh, you know, uh, um, blood vessel um, uh, pathology, we're able to reduce that by 86%. So that's pretty astonishing. Um, so the, the hypothesis is that uh, it's so helpful because it's targeting uh, the inflammatory response that is central to Alzheimer's disease and also other degenerative conditions. Um, so, and then I, I was about a human study where they were able to uh, treat these patients with um, that have the average age of um, you know 73 years of age, and they were giving them stem cell treatments, um, and then they followed them at, at uh, you know three months after and six months after. So three months after, they saw a significant improvement in people's mental um, cognition, you know, co cognitive capabilities. So using uh, you know certain uh, testing, and uh, but at six months it went back to kind of their baseline. So I think this illustrates why it's important that I, you know, I kind of insist when people have a serious uh, medical condition, be it, you know, neurological, neurodegenerative, or other chronic conditions, it's important to do a series of treatments because um, the cells only live in your body for about one to three months. And their effect, including all the growth factors and exosomes they secrete, that will exert benefit for another three months but there's uh you know they're they're you know they're they're not they don't live forever because no cells when you activate them is going to live forever i mean we don't live forever and when you um put the cells in the human body and in a very inflammatory state like uh in an alzheimer's patient's body you know in the body and in the brain uh, these cells will receive, you know, they will try to fight inflammation for you. In the process, they can also be destroyed by the inflammation because inflammation is very toxic to their own cells and, uh, and cells you infuse. So, so they have a, an attrition rate. That's why you want to give another treatment to build on the success of the previous one instead of letting the kind of the, the um, underlying mechanism to take over again, to drag the person back to where they were. Um, so, so of course, you know, even for this study, you know, six months later, the person was back to baseline, so they didn't decline. 
So maybe that's, you know, <laughs> that's a victory. And that's, a, that's, that's the best current medications are able to do, which is to keep you at baseline for as long as possible. So there's nothing that's going to reverse and improve your cognition where something like stem cells is able to do, um, you know, do, uh, you know, improve, um, which is very much encouraging. Um, so I think a series of three treatments, at least for somebody with Alzheimer's, uh, spaced one to two months apart, that's a good regimen. Okay. I, yeah, when you were talking about, you know, the three months, you know, it was great, and then six months, it kind of went back. Um, you know, in my mind popped up kind of like the, the yo-yo diet where people kind of go up and down, up and down. But is that kind of hard on your body, too, those variables? Is there any negative impact in terms of, of the swing of that? Uh, I, I think it's very it's very different from the yo-yo diet, which affects your metabolism and, and, you know, has a lot of, you know, different mechanisms. But the cells are there to replace what's not there anymore. So, okay. so it's, like, it's like hormone replacement, right? Um, if you stop hormone replacement, so instead of giving you all these benefits, um, then you just don't have the benefits anymore. Um, it's not like the replacing what your body needed is going to hurt you. So, um, yeah, you, you just, it, it's, it's incremental. So if you withdraw it, then your body just go back to where you know, the, the tra- trajectory it was going to go on, you know, okay. anyhow. Okay, good clarif- <clears throat> clarification there. And then you had mentioned, um, you know, being able to check kind of the, the amyloid plaque. Um, you know, there's been a lot of controversy over is that um, – is that the magic bullet that we should be targeting, you know, with exactly. with with dementia? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's very much likely, you know, a marker. Just like you know, somebody was saying, if you always look for the presence of things, what about you know, whenever there's fire, there there's always likely to be firefighters. So do the firefighters cause the fire? So that's you know, could be a good analogy for this, but it can certainly be a marker, right? And maybe when there's less firefighters, the fire's gone. So. <laughs> gotcha. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's just so many unknowns, and there's so many variables in the the, the various diseases that fall under dementia. Um, I mean, the symptoms, they overlap, and yet they can be so distinct as well. And so it is really confusing for the general public, and I'm sure the medical field and researchers at large, to try to figure this all out. Now, for you, I wanted to see if you had any maybe stories you could share, you know, without identifying a patient in terms of um, stem cell use and um, and what kind of experience they had. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I haven't had that many stem cell, I mean, uh, Alzheimer's patients, but uh, definitely had some success, and I've also tried um, quite quite a number of doctors who also have you know some successes with Alzheimer's patients. So um, just one example, I saw this lady. She was in her 60s, but had severe you know Alzheimer's, and uh, to the point where she wasn't recognizing her her husband who brought her in, and she was telling me that she wanted to marry me. I mean, it was just like I mean, she's this is a 60 year old lady, right? So she was very much. You know, her personality and her cognition was very much, um, very poor. And she had not been able to feed herself for two months. She would just sit there, stare at the food. So after the stem cell treatment, she was pretty tired, slept a lot. Next day she woke up 
And um, and then she had a plate of food in front of her, and she just picked up a knife and fork and just ate it. This is after not being able to feed herself for two months. So, um, you know, to me, this shows the the quick anti-inflammatory action of the cells because uh, I think, you know, I talk about there's three stages healing in stem cell therapy. The first stage is anti-inflammatory action, which can be very fast. And, you know, you know my thought on this is that, when there's a lot of inflammation, there's swelling, there's, you know, blockages of, of signals that can be transmitted between cells. So all of a sudden, you're calming that inflammation, and the cells can communicate. So maybe there's thoughts that I'm hungry, and the thought that I can pick up a knife and fork and eat and feed myself, and somehow this thought went through. Um, so that was pretty interesting, pretty drastic. The husband was thrilled, and he couldn't believe it. Um, and then I, um, I remember there's another case, a, a doctor was telling me how he was treating. Hey everybody, Jared Sebastian, host of Retire Repurposed. This podcast is dedicated to help people transition into fulfilling and purposeful retirements. Retirement is a big life change. In fact, the two most dangerous years of a person's life are the year they were born and the year they retire. Few people could just flip the switch from working a career 30 or 40 plus years retiring on Friday without methodical steps to living what we call a repurposed retirement. To listen now, search Retire Repurpose on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.